0: Ladies and gentlemen, my guest at this time is a former East Bay Pro Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Ego, the machine, Tony Vargas. Tony, how are you doing today, brother?
1: Good, good. How are you?
0: I'm all right, man. You know, just uh, chilling. It's a, it's a nice day in the Bay Area. Nice nice and cool just the way I like it. Oh,
1: yeah. No, it's definitely nice out here right now.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, you're doing this in your work truck. What are you? Uh, what, what's the, the shoot job?
1: Uh, I'm a manager for an HVAC company, so I do air conditioning and heating.
0: That's what's up, dude. Is that a that get pretty stressful at times?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, you get your clients who are you know feel obligated to get extra for less. Um, But all in all, I love what I do. You know, I've been doing it for fifteen years now. So um, I even did it when I was playing pro football. Played pro football in the season, and then off season I would do HVAC. So um, I just love it. (laughs) Something about it.
0: Absolutely, man. We're going we're gonna to get into the football career, but uh, I guess growing up, so did you always love professional wrestling or was it like you were playing pro sports and you were like, I'll give this a try like others do, like like a Bill Goldberg, so to speak?
1: No, no. I've, I've loved pro wrestling from day one. I mean, I remember my very first you know, action figure, if you would, was an LJN Junkyard Dog. I opened that up and I thought, hands down, it was the coolest figure ever, um, you know, watching wrestling with my grandfather and my dad. Um, no, definitely. I was always a fan of pro wrestling.
0: Absolutely, man. So what, Junkyard Dog, could we say the, could we say the, the, the favorite of yours, our, our childhood favorite? And then as you got older, you know, you uh, you grew an appreciation for like a Sean or a Brett or an Owen.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, growing up, it was Junkyard Dog, you know, Arn Anderson. Those were like my two favorites growing up. Um, and then, yeah, as I got a little older, you know, the the Brent Harts and, you know, the British Bulldog, um, you know, all those guys at that time. Like, I love Doink. Doink was, I felt, was underrated.
0: Are, are um, we talking Matt Born Doink, right?
1: Yes. Original. Oh. Yes, okay. yes, of course. <laughs> Something about that sadistic character he had, it was just, it was on point. Like, I liked it.
0: <laughs> he was uh it. He was Heath Ledger Joker before Heath Ledger.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That.
0: There, there we go, man. So you had a pro football career. Uh, you uh, you went to Hayward High. Uh, so what what position did you play?
1: Uh, I was a quarterback. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I played quarterback all the way, I want to say, until like my second year of pro.
0: Absolutely. Um, That's yeah. awesome, man. So a mutual friend of ours wanted me to tell you, go Monarchs.
1: Oh, that's fine. We,
0: we usually beat them. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I mean, you know, Justin Stirholm. I do know
1: Justin. I played uh football with him as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, Justin's a great guy. He coached me when I was, when I wrestled for Mount Eden and now I coach with him now. So he, he wanted, he wanted to get his 15 minutes of fame.
1: Hey, he got it. <laughs> Give him the Barry Horowitz pat on his own back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, I mean, did you play all four years of uh, high school?
1: Yeah. I played all four years. Um, varsity as a sophomore, um, played the, you know, sophomore, junior year as, as a varsity, as a quarterback. Um, but I mean, if you would have asked me seriously, I would have bet my life on it. I was a tight end. I was like, oh, I'm a tight end. I was a tight end. I was a tight end. Like I always had good hands. Like I can catch, but you know, I wasn't blessed with speed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I became a quarterback.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, I mean, when you're going to high school, this is it attitude era, like the 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, after football practice, are you rushing home to watch Austin beat up McMahon and see what's going on with the NWO?
1: Yes. So, I wasn't really too big in the WWF or E at the time. Like, I love WCW. So, what we would do is, like, me and my dad, that was our time. So, we would record – WWF, but we would watch, you know, um, WCW. And then once that was over, you know, we would kind of fast forward to the matches we wanted to watch or the segments we wanted to watch. And so we kind of flipped back and forth, but yeah, definitely. I was a, I was a WCW guy.
0: Wow. Not many, not many people are for that time period. I mean, I was born in 96. I'm, I'm alive when it's happening, but I'm not, obviously I'm not watching. Yeah. Can you just uh, tell us about that time period? And I mean, we kind of have it now with NXT and AEW on Wednesdays, but I mean, they're streaming and everything. So everybody's going to get their numbers. What was that like? Like you have to like, you have to watch it live.
1: Yeah. So WCW was, was live. Um, and then obviously WWF at the time was pre-recorded. So it was tough, especially like if you missed a recording, you missed out. You don't get to like nowadays, the kids nowadays and go on YouTube and the streaming networks. And, um, if you miss, let's say Monday night raw, it'll be on the network the following week. So we didn't have that. So if we missed it, we missed it. So for me, it was, I had to watch WCW. If I missed WWF didn't bother me. You know, I wasn't like, oh man, I missed it. I didn't get to see it. It was just, but yeah, my thing was WCW um, had to watch it no matter what. I had to be there practice or not. I I went home and watched it.
0: (laughs) Awesome, man. So what are you a a traditional NWO or are are you Wolfpack?
1: Uh, Traditional. Okay. Definitely traditional. The Wolfpack to me, I mean, red's my favorite color, but it's not the same. I think they just try to, obviously it was hot. So it was like, okay, let's get. Wolfpack let's do this but at that time I mean it was fading out and it was hot white you know it just I don't know just did nothing for me the Wolfpack to be honest with you the song was cool
0: yeah great theme song (laughs) absolutely yeah uh so getting back to the football you know you graduate from Hayward High do you go straight into arena football right out of high school or you, you going to college
1: uh yeah I had a full ride academic and athletic scholarship to the University of Michigan um so when I was there kind of didn't work out, um, tweaked my throwing arm. So at the time they took my scholarship and they were going to give me like a partial, but you know, my parents couldn't afford, you know, a D one university. So I was just like, ah, kind of bummed out. So I actually came back and played semi-pro with, you know, Justin, of course. And then it was actually, we had a practice and it was getting canceled And, um, some guy was driving by and he pulls up and he was just like, Hey, uh, do you play football? And I was like, yeah, a little bit. And he was like, Hey, can I get your email address and this and that? And I was just like, uh, okay. So in my head, I'm like, the worst that can happen is some creepy sends me some random photos or something weird, you know, (laughs) turns out at the time he was the offensive coordinator for the, uh, San Jose SaberCats. So I was like, Oh, okay. So now at this point I responded back and they had a tryout. Um, did that tryout, made the team, but they were like, Hey, we got you. But unfortunately we're trading you. So then I got traded to the Arizona Rattlers. So it was kind of like the luck of the draw playing catch in the park, you know, waiting for practice. But at the time it got canceled. So, you know, I happened to stay cause at the time the practice was in, uh, I think, Oakland or something. And I was like, I already drove out here, you know, a couple of the guys are here. So I'll just throw them routes and, Hey, you know, talk about right place, right time, I guess.
0: Absolutely, man. So uh, I, I assume you obviously you have to move to Arizona. So what's it like playing for the Arizona Rattlers? Do you finally become a tight end? Do you get to live the dream? <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a hard pass. They, they laughed at me when I said that. They were like, well, you're going to be a blocking tight end. So, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so basically in Arizona, it's, I mean, it's cool. It's different. I mean, <laughs> I had to get used to the summer, you know, 120 degrees and stuff like that. It was definitely super hot. But um, my thing was is I started off as a quarterback, but then I started hitting the weight room a little more. And um, I played rugby, you know, all through high school and and a little bit of junior high. So going heads up never really phased me. So when I'm scrambling, I'm going heads up with the linebackers and the defensive ends and, you know, 8 out of 10 times, you know, I'm winning. So finally, my second year, my coach was like, hey, we're converting you to linebacker. He's like, we got someone who just plays quarterback and we can tell you're you're enjoying. So I was like, all right, cool. So I, that's when I started converting to outside linebacker, middle linebacker. And honestly, I haven't looked back since.
0: <laughs> uh, that's that, that's awesome, man. So, I mean, you're playing semi pro. And then what happened to where you transition into MMA becoming a fighter?
1: So, becoming a fighter honestly 100% accident 100% I I never got into a street fight I mean you got in the verbal altercations and a shove here and there but like never got into a fight and um Stone Ridge Mall I was actually working ball security and um my boss at the time was an amateur fighter and he was at he's like hey you wrestled in high school right and I go yeah I wrestled in high school and he goes the guy I'm fighting is a purebred wrestler do you mind helping me train for for this guy like, yeah why not and um so fast forward now i'm helping him train 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 well he gets hurt in training and uh so i was like man all that hard work for nothing you know and he was just like he's like no i talked to the promoter because it's amateur he goes you're the same weight as me so you're going to be the filling guy for me so you're going to represent this gym and before i can be like hell no nah, man i've never been to a fight like you know there's a couple of girls in the class and then all of a sudden you know the vets that were in there that kind of looked at me and i was like yeah yeah we're doing this yeah and in my head i was like oh man what am i getting myself into like i've watched ufc one and two <laughs> like it's crazy so i took the fight and um fast forward to it 23 seconds later my hands getting raised first round knockout um i'm mad enough to admit it was a fluke I, I panicked he went to shoot on me i threw my knee up hit him in the temple knocked him out and i was like you know i had to play it off like i meant to do it so i was like you know ah, but that was how I became an MMA fighter. I was hooked ever since. So I started doing the, you know, bare knuckle Muay Thai, um, kickboxing tournaments, MMA, Valley Tudo, jiu-jitsu tournaments. And from that point on, I was just like, because again, you don't know if you're a good fighter or not until you're tested. Um, turned out I was pretty good. <laughs> Never knew.
0: Wow. That, that's what's up. So going back to the, the wrestling. So I, I didn't know you wrestled for Hayward. Uh, what, what's the weight class and what, what's the go-to move?
1: Uh, I wrestled 160 uh, my first year. And then my second year, we had a guy who was pure 160. And then I, had, I was weighing out 155 my senior year, but they made me a heavyweight because most schools didn't. Yeah, it, it made no sense, but it was fun. I mean, I, I won a lot of matches because some of the guys got tired pretty quick. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't really have a go to move. Like I loved the single and double leg. Um, and then just, just, I mean, honestly, I filled it out. Just whatever was there, whatever opportunity I got to get, I just took advantage of of whatever they would give me. Um, the cradle pin was probably my go-to. Uh, just because when you have someone, they like to scramble a lot. And then when you put your head into their rib and they go like that, and you just roll them up, got the nice little easy pin. So uh,
0: it was pretty cool. That's what's up. You and Justin ever ever have a match against each other?
1: Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean okay, he would have lost that, but I
0: mean, hey man, I've I've been on the receiving end of his crossface cradle. It's no joke. <laughs> it is it is yeah. no joke.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean he's a very underrated athlete. You look at him, you won't think much, and then you see what he does, and you're like, wow, okay, was not expecting that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but getting getting back to the 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 pro MMA fight career, so you get roped into it, you accidentally win. And then, so what? What around what year is this? Like, oh four, oh five? What?
1: uh, yeah, around oh four, oh five ish, um, give or take.
0: So, how how much longer is the pro fight career, and how many fights did you have total?
1: So, in total, like with amateur and pro, I think I had nine or eleven total. Um, went undefeated. Um, I got lucky, and then I don't know why, but I stopped doing the MMA and I started doing the kickboxing. Because kickboxing, it was like, you can fight Friday and Saturday hill on Sunday and then go back the following week and fight Friday and Saturday with the MMA. It was like, there was more regulations. It was like, Oh, you, you have to wait this X amount of time. And then, so like, for me, I was like, no, like the high was there. Like I had to fight I Had I got to the point where I was carrying a mouthpiece in my pocket. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got lucky MMA. I went nine and zero. um, you know, seven, seven knockouts, two submissions, uh, Muay Thai did pretty good Muay Thai kickboxing. I was like 21 and one um, that one loss. Hey, he got me good. Kicked me right in the kidney. I couldn't move. Like I had my body locked up. I was like, I don't know what to do. Should I fall? Should I cry?
0: <laughs> um, it was great. That was great. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh my God. I, I can't even imagine that.
1: <laughs> I was, to this day, I cannot describe it. Cause like, body went into shock like he got me so hard that that sounded weird (laughs) he kicked me so hard in the kidney that like my body just froze like I didn't collapse I just uh, kneeled over and the ref was like you good and I was like I don't know what to do right now like I'm in pain but I don't know how to like I don't can I fall I don't know (laughs) um yeah much respect that guy uh it hurt
0: (laughs) So, I mean, with the kickboxing and the MMA, I mean, you're fighting and there, there's, there's like people watching, there's a live crowd element and, you know, or ch- people chanting, let's go Tony. Yeah. And that's how you kind of got the bug to perform in front of a live crowd, which then transitions into pro wrestling.
1: Um, no, I think for me, like, don't, I, I love the, my time in football. You know, I love my time in MMA. I think for me, I've always wanted to be a pro wrestler. Like, I've always wanted to do it. But for me at the time, I always thought there was only schools back in the East Coast or the Midwest. And I I couldn't just up and leave because I had a career per se, you know. Um, But, yeah, in front of the live crowds, I mean, it's it's, the adrenaline rush. it's, It's something else. Like, especially like with pro wrestling, the I don't know, man, it's a different feeling. Like, for me, like I said, playing in front of thousands in football, the crowd cheering, you're like, cool. You're like, yeah, MMA, same concept. You, you get that, that buzz. But for me, it was always the pro wrestling, the, the persona of these larger-than-life superheroes. And, you know, I am not going to lie. For the longest time, I thought it was, like, 100% legit. <laughs> um, and then, it, yeah, I mean, I knew I was going to be a pro wrestler. I just didn't know when, long story short.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. So you start training at Big Time Wrestling in Fremont. So describe the first bump. I mean, it's a different – I I did a day of training at APW once, and I yeah. I, I, I took a bump. So it, it, it feels like you get hit by a truck. Does it feel worse than when you get hit in the kidney?
1: Um, This is going to sound really weird. I wasn't getting sore it didn't hurt me. I guess it was, I was used from like football and um, the roles and stuff. The practices was kind of similar to jujitsu, you know, cause you're taught to slam on the back and slap the mat and jujitsu and stuff like that. Cause you know, you're getting dipped. And so I, myself, I got lucky. Um, Victor Sterling started the same time I did. So it was kind of like um, a little competition amongst one another, like who's going to make their debut first. And he's coming at the time straight out of high school, you know, collegiate wrestler and so on and so forth. And I started when I was 27 years old. So, you know, I'm a 27 year old guy who's competing with the 18 year old kid. Um, so we both picked up relatively easy, the bumps. Yeah. It was weird. Like I wasn't getting sore. Um, but I mean, I rattled my head a couple of times, you know, when you bump and you get that whiplash, but yeah, it was weird. Like the bumps didn't hurt or I wasn't sore. Um, I don't. I, yeah, I guess I, My body was just used to trauma.
0: <laughs> no, uh, no lacerations from running the ropes because I. It looked like somebody beat me when when I was running those things.
1: Oh no! I mean, I got the bruises and stuff from the ropes because again, you don't know how to run ropes, and then people don't realize there's two types of ropes. There's the cable, and then there's the actual rope rope. So when you're brushing up against that and it's rubbing you, it, it hurts. Yeah, no, I had bruises definitely when I first learned how to do the ropes.
0: Absolutely, man. So you're a month into your training, and your trainer's like, "Hey, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a match like coming up like this Friday or whatever," and it happens to be against the Young Bucks.
1: Yeah, so it was it was crazy. Um, yeah, we were training, and uh, again, Tony Vargas, the name, he comes up to us, and he was like, "Hey, uh, you guys are gonna make your debut." We're like, "Oh, cool. When?" He's like, "This week." shows on friday or saturday and i was like oh man all right cool and he's like what's your guy's name and i was just like i don't know i just wanted to learn the moves (laughs) you know so myself and and victor sterling we picked up pretty quick and again i think it was that friendly competition we had with once and uh with each other that kind of gave it that and then yeah sure stuff it was the young but our generation me at the time and honestly it's crazy because like when I first got in there I'm thinking like oh man these vets are gonna be stiff and this and that and super light like it was crazy like it was just surreal to me just to even step foot in the ring you know like for that day I I mean I was on such a high you can't tell me otherwise like I got chopped so hard in the battle royal like my chest was purple and red and Nothing. Nothing can faze me that day. That day I was like, you know what? I finally did it. I finally stepped foot in a pro wrestling ring. And I, to me, I didn't really consider myself a pro wrestler, even that day. I mean, even when we walked in the back, you know, they were like, Hey, welcome to wrestling. And I was just like, nah, nah, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But this is the baby step.
0: Absolutely, so. man. So you're a month in, you're having a match against the Young Bucks. And I mean, you don't even have gear. You don't even have a name at this point. What, what did yeah. you scrounge up together to you put on the old football gear, the MMA gear?
1: <laughs> so oddly enough, I did freestyle wrestling and I had a red and black singlet. And I was like, oh, I mean, I don't know what my gimmick's going to be. I don't know anything. So I was just like, well, let me just throw this on. And luckily for me, uh, Devin Danger had a pair of red and black boots he was like here just wear these it matches your gear so uh, luckily for me i came out at least matching um but yeah even my name tony vargas like i didn't know i was just like tony cuz obviously that's my name and then fernando vargas i think was fighting that day or something happened with him and i was like vargas and uh even the you know my coach was just like are you serious he's like don't worry no one's going to remember that name anyways and i was like all right cool so i can come up with a game and a gimmick well here we are 10 years later going by Tony Vargas. <laughs>
0: hey man, it, it sticks. It, it sticks. That, yeah. that's, that's what's up. So, I mean, your career you know, progresses along and then, I mean, eventually you, you form a faction with the bike club. Now they've been on this show and they have bitten me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I mean, how, how far along are you into your career before you uh, link up with Sims and uh, danger and popcorn Mike?
1: Uh, probably about seven years into my career, um, that we linked up. Cause again, it all started off as, you know, the love of wrestling, of course. And then I knew Carlos or Devin danger, um, through training, you know, we trained together at big time wrestling. So that's how I knew him. And, and then Sean Sims is, I met him at East Bay and then right off the bat, you know, when you just click with somebody. That's how me and me and uh, Sean were, and then obviously they became a tag team. And next thing you know, bike club started, and we haven't looked back since. And honestly, it's—I always tell everybody—it's like, I mean, they'll say it too—it's like, well, it's not a faction. Honestly, it's a brotherhood. Like we got each other's backs, inside, outside the ring. Um, it doesn't matter. It's just, yeah, I consider those guys my brothers.
0: Absolutely, man. Now when I, uh, when I had them on the show, you weren't wrestling because you had fractured your neck. Um, what, what match was that and what, what move was it?
1: Honestly, I couldn't tell you.
0: Okay. I, I,
1: cause at the time I was still doing football, I was still doing MMA and I was still doing pro wrestling. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you or pinpoint exactly when it happened. Um, because even for me, I, I it probably happened years before and I just, kept going because the way I play football especially at linebacker, is it's me or you and it ain't gonna be me like I'm trying to end your career not mine you're making my highlight reel so you know I had a couple big hits and stuff and then at the end of the game you know my arms would go numb and my legs would go numb but again I thought it was just the way I played football and then wrestling too like I like to get a little crazy so you know taking crazy bumps and crazy shots that you know again my hands would go numb my legs would go numb And then, you know, even fighting and training, but I just thought nothing of it. Um, What happened was, is I was actually watching a documentary. Um, There was this guy who played for the New Orleans Saints and um, he started describing everything that was happening to me. And I, I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, that's what's happening to me. I forgot what disease he had, but basically your lifespan is like five to 10 years. And I was like, oh man, this is not good. So Went and got checked, doctors and blood work and all that, and came out negative. They're like, You don't, I, again, I forgot what the name of that disease was. They're like, You don't have it. And I was like, Something's wrong. Like, I'm sitting on the floor playing with my kids, and my legs are going numb. Like, Something's wrong. So I ended up doing an MRI, and they found out I had a slight fracture in my spine. And then my lower lumbar, the L3, 4, 5, were just completely inflamed. Um, so the fracture, what happened was this little piece of bone that was rubbing on my nerve. And that's why, like, I kept getting numb and stuff. And, you know, they just told me, like, keep doing what you're doing or you're going to end up paralyzed. So I had to make that decision to kind of walk away. And it sucked because, like, for me, my whole life since I was 12, it was contact, you know, whether it's football, rugby, baseball, wrestling, jujitsu, fighting, you know, for them to say I can't do any of that, it, it sucked. I ain't going to lie. I, I shut down from the world for about 14 months. I didn't, I, my social media was gone, changed my phone number. Like I talked to a selected few people and it was literally here and there. And it just, I didn't want to be reminded of wrestling or football or any of that, you know, so it sucked.
0: (laughs) No. Yeah, man. I mean, when, when, when something you love is taken away from you, like edge is probably the perfect example. He, he loved the business too. And then it was taken away from him. And then you kind of like, all right, well, I can't do this anymore because I'm medically disqualified. What do I do now?
1: Yeah. That that was it. Like everyone's like, well, coach, I was like, well, I don't want to be around you. <laughs> I didn't want to be around pro wrestling. I didn't want to be around football because I know how I am. I'm stubborn. I'll be like, oh, I can still do it. I can still do it. I can still do it. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was the thing. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just stick to my shoot job and, Just continue doing that, but then the itch came.
0: (laughs) So, what what year is it that you step away? Like,
1: Uh, if I remember correctly, I think it's 2016.
0: Okay, I I think I saw you at a big time wrestling under the stars. I, 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 where you you were on that card, right?
1: Uh, I I want to, I I, want to say
0: so. I think yeah, I think you were the U.S. champion at the time. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, under the star, is that the one that was outside? yeah I don't remember the names okay yeah. if there was one outside yeah I wrestled um Victor Sterling for the United States title on that street fight
0: yes yes yes, yes. Uh, yes. That, that was badass I remember that yeah. um so um but then eventually you come back what you come back what 2019 18
1: uh the end of 2018
0: okay so what what changed in your uh prognosis man
1: I just, I started doing like shock therapy and I just started doing some rehab. Cause like, for me, I was like, I'm not going out like this. I'm not, I'm, I'm going out my way. If I'm going to retire, it's going to be my way, my terms. And basically long story short, it, it started getting better. Um, the numbness went away. Um, they just little laser thing right in the spine and kind of took that little bone chip out. And it just, Started progressively getting better, progressively getting better. You know, um, I couldn't like really exercise or run, but whatever I could do, I was doing it. And funny enough, you know, Sean Sims was wrestling uh, Manny for free. For I don't, I only know him as Mansoor now. <laughs> um, but we were joking and I was like, oh, let's do a triple threat if I get cleared. Well, that joke turned into, okay, if you're cleared, you're in the triple threat. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. So I went to my doctor for the final checkup and he's like, yeah, you're cleared. Just be smart about it. And this, this, and this. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I hit Sims up and I was like, Hey, I got cleared. And he goes, Oh, cool. That's great. 20 minutes later, he goes, all right, I'll see you Saturday. You're in the triple threat. (laughs) So uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. You know, East Bay was pretty cool about keeping it a hush hush and, you know, walking through that curtain again, it was just, it was crazy. You know, I I thought everyone forgot who I was and the pop I got when I came out was it was it's good, man. I don't know. It's I don't take any of it for granted. It was some it was good.
0: I mean, absolutely I mean, because before like you have to walk away, you're on fire, you're the BTW United States champion, you're the East Bay pro heavyweight champion. Like you're making your name in the Bay Area. I mean, you're wrestling for all these different promotions, and then it's just taken away from you like that. I mean, I, I can't even imagine that.
1: It it was rough. Because I finally, finally started getting some respect, you know, cause I don't know why I got this image. People think of me, the people who never met me or whatnot. Um, so it was just like, oh, Tony. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, certain indie superstars didn't like me because I didn't shake their hand. And the reason I didn't shake their hand, cause they're on their social media talking crap. So I earned this rep of, um, I guess having an ego. Um, which was funny to me because anyone who's ever worked me, is just like, all right, dude, just do whatever you want to me. <laughs> um, But, yeah, it just sucked because, like, I started getting calls from out of state, just calls all over. And I was like, yes. So, so I started booking. I was going to go to Puerto Rico and wrestle. Like, I was going and then just, boom, stopped. All like that. And, and it sucked because, again, I was finally finding my groove finally finding who I was as Tony Vargas, you know, other promotions are finally not listening to people who don't like me. And they're like, no, we're going to use you and this and that. Um, it sucked, you know, I was finally getting to that spot where I was like, cool, I'm, I'm climbing that mountain and then got booted right off Spartan style.
0: (laughs) So speaking of Spartan, you did the Spartan race and, a torn ACL and two tears in your meniscus. Now Spartan race. I think the easiest thing to equate it to is what, like American Ninja warrior kind of, sort of yeah. kind of yeah, sort
1: of, a little bit.
0: <laughs> How was that even humanly possible, bro? <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. Like, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I have no answer. Like, Apparently, I was playing full football seasons and wrestling and whatnot with a complete tear in my ACL. And, like, for me, when my doctor told me my knees completely tore, I laughed. Because, like, every person I've ever known who tore their ACL are sports athletes or, you know, wrestlers. And anyone who tears their ACL, they're done. Like, they're out of commission for a year, year and a half, and they're rehabbing. Yet, I didn't break a stride. But my knee was completely tore. (laughs)
0: that's, that, um, that's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, to this day, I still haven't had my doctor's like, well, you don't need, you don't need the surgery cause it's not bothering you. And yeah, I mean, right now I legit have a complete torn ACL, <laughs> but, oh my,
0: oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. I, I, but yeah, I did the Spartan race with it and, um, didn't train for it or nothing. Just went straight into it and, you know, finished, in my age bracket at the time, I think I finished seventh out of like 300 and something people. And I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, that's one for me. I can just say, uh, cardio and, and endurance and something that's I've, I've always had, even as a bigger guy, you know, like I put on some weight, obviously, since I debuted and from fighting and To this day, you know, I joke around with all these guys who say, oh, you got to look like a wrestler. You got to do this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, look, dude, I look the way I look. I can beat you up in real life. I can outrun you. And I got better cardio, (laughs) you know, so I don't know. I just always been good with just the cardio and the endurance. So never really fazed me.
0: There we go, man. I mean, I'm a bigger guy, you know. Thank you for doing it for us, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Thank Thor, he gave us hope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, you returned to wrestling in 2018. 2019 was probably the hottest year for indies, it was specifically in NorCal, the Bay Area. APW is on fire. Oh, yeah. West Coast Pro, they're on the come up. You know, BTW was doing some good stuff. Uh, Hood Slam's on fire. East Bay Pro. And then, you know, we get to 2020, the pandemic shuts everything down. What's that been like for you, man?
1: Um, Rough. I mean, just like for anybody, like for me, 2019 was like my first full year. And I'll be honest with you. I was not happy with it. Um, like for me, I just, I felt underappreciated for everything I'd done for BTW, not done for them, but like everything I've done, you know, the loyalty, the, to all this. And I was just getting like these underwhelming matches and I'm seeing guys from, you know, not BTW get these big top matches. And again, I guess you can say, I, it was bittersweet for me because I, I understood why, because I just came back from a broken neck, but it was still suck because my head was still thinking, you know, 2017 when I was on fire. That's what I was thinking. So it was just like, for me, 2019 was a bust. Um, the promotions that used to use me no longer use me. Um, just stuff like that. So for me, it was a bust. And then 2020, you know, it started off good and then obviously COVID happened, things got shut down. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, I always say, you know, focus on things you can control. I can't control the world. I can't control what other people think of me. So it's just like, I start, I stop thinking about that. And honestly, I just, I've been good. <laughs> I've been doing my, I don't know if you've seen them, but you know, I like to build dioramas and, do the toy photography and stuff like that. But I, you know, I still keep active. So, and you know, I just recently did a death match with uh, a lifetime tag team partner and one of my good friends, brother, actually sin not too long ago for UGWA. So, you know, I still keep active, but not really uh, losing any sleep over it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Many Anthony, the promoter for UGWA, he's been on the show too. And so, I mean, well, what was that? I mean, it had to feel good, right? To, to, to get back in that live atmosphere?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I tell everybody, for me, what I lack in physical, I, I don't do flips. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't slap my thigh. I don't do a thousand super kicks and, you know, all that stuff. To me, I like to make it look as real as possible because, to me, selling in this business is dead. No one sells anymore. You can get power bomb 50 times and you'll pop right back up and then you're going to hit that person with another finishers and this and that so I've always took pride in selling and making it look as real as possible you know I don't need that spotlight to every time I wrestle I don't want oh man that move was cool or this and that I want them to come up to me and be like that was a good match they don't remember who wins they don't remember who loses they just know they watched a good match and for me it's not about wins and losses you know like I don't care like I can do a Owen 700 streak and it would not bother me. But, you know, I joke around with some of these people, you know, cause of the Tony Vargas image. So I was like, you know what? That's where Mr. Ego came from. So when I came back and people were like, oh, you got, you know, previous they're like, oh, Tony has an ego, Tony this, Tony that. So when I came back, I sat back and I was like, you know what, I'm no longer the machine. I'm now Mr. Ego. You guys are all gonna make me money. <laughs> so that's where it came out of and I don't know man just for me I, I don't take any of this for granted I just love pro wrestling man like the entertainment side of it my goal when I'm a heel if I can make a kid cry or someone wanting to fight me or this and that I did my job you know if I'm getting beat up and I go in the locker room and everyone there legit thinks I'm hurt I did my job you know if I'm a baby face and the crowd's popping and they're loving and this and that I don't know, there's no other better feeling, man. Like legit. I love it.
0: And I think that's truly a lost art in in wrestling today, like not like people who aren't afraid to get heat. And I mean, I think the best example is like MJF where the guy, like, he's not afraid. He'll he'll say whatever he has to to get people to be like, oh, that guy's a fucking dick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And what's good about him too, and like you just said, it's a lost art. Because for me, social media killed a lot of it. Let's be honest. You know, but mjf for example look at his twitters his social medias he does not break character you know autograph signings same thing He is mjf 24 7 when you meet him and it's great because there's nothing worse than seeing this larger than life villain and this and that and then you see on their twitter account like oh just made breakfast look at me hashtag yummy you're just like oh cool man (laughs) so but yeah it's just it's i mean you hear the old saying, Oh, we'll just get hit with the times. And nah, I get it, you know, but I, like I said, I, me growing up of seeing these, the NWA, AWA and, you know, stuff like that. It's, you watch those guys, those guys sell, you get hit. Like you got DDT to buy Jake Roberts. You're done. Nowadays, the DDT is, you know, an, like Shawn Michaels super kick that you got kicked sweet chin music. You're not getting up. Nowadays <laughs> guys get hit a thousand times and, no sale when you're like that's cool. what i've
0: been saying man like if yeah. i was like if i was a wrestler i'm using the ddt and i'm like i'm like no nah, you're bro, you not kicking out of this one i'm sorry <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's i mean that's-,
1: that's what's cool yeah sorry to cut you off but like with with um hood slam for example like i've never personally worked there but i know there's certain uh moves that are sacred like you better not kick out of certain uh moves because again it's a sacred move like and i i love that fact that certain move you can't kick out of because it's sacred it's old school and I love it I love that fact you know and um I don't know to me I just it's crazy
0: <laughs> absolutely man but I mean hope, you know once we get a vaccine out and things start to open up again and the indies start to uh, come back I, I I really do think it's gonna boom even bigger because you look at the talent that's been through here, Carl Fredericks to Japan, uh, Jeff Cobb to Ring of Honor, Jacob Fatu, MLW, Will Hobbs. You know, he used to wrestle in the APW Garage. Now he's on AEW Dynamite in a main event storyline. So, I mean, there's a lot of great talent here in the Bay Area that's going to thrive, you know, once we we get back to whatever normal or normalcy is going to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it's going to change even when the world's quote unquote normal, I mean, it's still going to have its guidelines. It's still going to be different, but no, nah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's so much good talent out here that it, it's crazy. I mean, even the untouched talent, you know? So like for me, I was always a big believer of because certain promotions are going to book certain people. They're going to push them into the stars, which is fine as they should, because I mean, their talent level speaks for itself but there's always that one or two guy or girl who's amazing, but gets overlooked because, you know, Joe Schmo is shining brighter than other, but this person. So it gives other people opportunities. And for me, like the hardest part of this business was the, I, you hear the word politics and I don't think it's politics. I think it's just right price, right time. Tell me, tell me with who whatnot. not, but there's so many good men and women out here that are just crushing it. And I, you know, I hope when the world opens back up that a lot of people get to see it, you know, and it's just because like, for me, it's always, you know, all pro wrestling, big time wrestling, you know, the bigger name promotions, but like an East Bay pro or an action coast wrestling, or, you know, some of the smaller promotions who got really good talent there. But again, they get overlooked because, of you know the bigger bigger promotions bigger names and stuff like that and i don't know for me a perfect world would be like if you if i like for me i'm a big time wrestling guy trained there but if you go somewhere else or this and that it's not like oh why are you working there why you just all work together i mean end of the day let's all put on some killer shows and great matches you know it's that's that's just my big thing it's so it seems like sometimes people just don't like to work together and it sucks because like you said, there's so much talent, so much talent.
0: Maybe Mister Ego could control all the egos that are going ah, on, going on in wrestling. I
1: don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So as we wind down here, man, got some rapid fire questions for you. Yeah, for sure. Favorite wrestler of all time?
1: Arn Anderson, hands hey,
0: down. Hey, right, right there behind hey. me. Matt, Matt Stark has great guy. That is the man. <laughs> I mean, in high school, like, Bullet Club was hot and everybody's throwing up the two-sweet. Me and my homeboy, hey, we're throwing up the four for the horsemen. <laughs> Dude, all
1: day. That's why, like, one of my moves was uh, the spine buster. Like, obviously, I was trying to perfect it, but it was nowhere near ARN. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to have ARN flavor with the Vargas twist. <laughs> so.
0: Hey, there, there you go, man. Love it. Love it. Uh, favorite match you've ever had?
1: Oh, Um... I think i've had i don't know that's a good one i like my first match with chris masters um that was a good match and then i would actually i know a lot of people will say different but um i have enjoyed my um i guess death match with sin that was like two weeks ago <laughs> so yeah i loved it it was fun
0: there you go man favorite match of all time
1: like for me or just in general
0: just in general, like watching, like what's a match that you think is an absolute masterclass?
1: Oh, I mean, so many good ones. I don't know, man. I can't answer that one. Truthfully. I got so many good ones, but I mean, obviously stone cold and the rock was at WrestleMania 15 was great. Um, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. That was good. Bret Hart bulldog and at SummerSlam, that was i mean there's so many good matches i can't just pick one man there's so many good ones i
0: I think you're the first person i've ever talked to that's actually said that
1: (laughs) what can't pick one
0: yeah yeah
1: i i mean i love pro wrestling so much that sometimes the simplest match is like oh my god that was like the greatest thing to me so yeah i mean i have so many so many so many man i can't just give you one
0: (laughs) Awesome, awesome dude well uh favorite tattoo that you have
1: um i'd say the one on my hand um i don't know if you can see it
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: but i mean the initials are bam it's my brother and sister um so i think that's kind of my favorite one and then on the side of it it says you know um family is forever in spanish so not people know that but i'm puerto rican and mexican (laughs) but um i think that's my favorite i mean Yeah, it's more meaningful.
0: Absolutely, man. 100%, dude. Well, thank you for the time. I really have appreciated this conversation. Uh, Where can the people find you?
1: Um, I'm not a big social media person, but I do have Instagram. And it's Mr. Ego one word, underscore Tony, underscore Vargas, V-A-R-G-A-S. So yeah, all I have is Instagram. I'm not a real big social media guy, but you want to follow me? Cool. You'll see some cool stuff. Enjoy my journey.
0: Absolutely, Tony. Well, thank you so much for doing this, man. And hopefully once everything opens back up, I'll be at a show, you'll be performing, we can chop it up and maybe even do this in person.
1: Hey, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, um, there's a there's a new Vargas. I don't know if he's been noticing my hashtags, but allow me to reintroduce myself. Um, been in this game 10 years. Uh, I've been playing by the rules, hasn't been working, so... Uh, new attitude, new swag, if you would.
0: <laughs> there we go. Tony Vargas, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, man. No worries. You guys take care.
1: Later. This has been The Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.